Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bishop Daniel Harley, the resident pastor of Christ Our Hope Cathedral, Kudumansville, and overseer of the KZN Council of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley is a son of Bishop Dag Hewitt Miller, the founder and bishop of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley has a strong passion for missions and evangelism and has preached the gospel over many years. Join us now for a life-changing experience. We give you glory, Lord, as we honor you. We give you glory, Lord, as we honor you. You, you are, are wonderful. You are worthy, oh Lord. You, you are, are wonderful. You are worthy. Can we sing it to God? simple song we give you glory we give you glory lord as we honor you you are wonderful you are worthy lord you are wonderful lift your hands and wave to him you are wonderful you are you are Sunday and we have come to the Lord to make a covenant with God. A covenant is an agreement. It's, a, a, it's something that you do with somebody like a contract which you intend to keep your portion of it and then you intend them to also keep their portion of it. Amen. So today is that day we've come to make a covenant. We've also come to sow a special seed as a covenant to God. Hallelujah. And because our theme for the year is seed time and harvest, 
we are sowing a seed. We are so, we've been sowing seeds since the year began, but we said that on this day we'll sow a special seed for a special harvest. I said a special seed for a special harvest. Amen. Psalm 126, the Bible says that he that goeth for thee, they that sow in tears shall reap with joy. So when you are sowing and it pains you, the type of sowing that you are sowing, you can feel it. It even even makes you to cry. It means you will reap with happiness and excitement. Hallelujah. Then it says, He that goeth forth bearing precious seed shall doubtless, without a doubt, come back with the sheaves with him. So it means when you sow, there are seeds and then there are precious seeds. Not every seed is the same. Amen. Not every offering is the same. Today we are here to sow precious seeds or one of the precious seeds that we are sowing. Amen. And we gave you envelopes. We've been giving you through the month of January. I'm glad January is still not over. Through the month of January. Because once January is over, my birthday is over. So, (laughs) yeah, so Tyra and myself and a few people, we still have some two days left. (coughs) Do you get it? So today we'll sow that seed. I believe that we will be blessed. Amen. And then we will make a covenant with God, which is we'll make an agreement with God, which we intend to keep. Amen. God respects covenants. Amen. He respects agreements. He likes people who come and make agreements with him because then he knows you are serious. Amen. When you put something into writing, then God knows that. You, then even, 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 in, like, even when people are getting married, you can say, I love you, I love you, I love you. But we don't take it serious until you come and make a covenant, an agreement. And you sign. You go to home affairs and you sign. Do you see? Then we know that now you are serious. Then now we can take the person's name and put it on you. Yeah, you can't just be, because of small I love you and small lipstick that you put on his cheek. You want to be called Mrs. Inklenyama. It's not enough. Let's go and sign. Let's make an agreement. Then now you can go around bearing the name Mrs. Golden Sticks. Hallelujah. So God is also saying, take what you are saying seriously, put it in writing, let's make an agreement and we'll all be happy. Amen. Amen. So I start my preaching from Obadiah chapter number one. Why? Because I'm bringing you to the point where we will make an agreement with God. And as a church, we are coming to make a single agreement with God. You want to make a personal covenant with God, make it in your own time. You have the rest, the whole week to make it, okay? But as a church, we want to make a special agreement with God that God, this year, we are going to do this thing. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. So in Obadiah chapter 1, the prophet Obadiah, usually it's a chapter that we don't read. It's a book that we don't read. It just has only one chapter. It sent a very short WhatsApp message, but people don't read it. But in Obadiah chapter 1, the prophet Obadiah is talking about the coming of the Lord. And he's prophesying things that will happen as the Lord is coming. Amen. I've finished singing for now, so you can sit down and be happy. Do you get it? As the Lord is coming, he's prophesying things that will come. So in verse 15, he says, For the day of the Lord is nigh upon all the heathen. So he said, look, 
God is coming soon, and as thou hast done, it shall be done unto you. So even here, he's talking about seed time and harvest. He says, what you have done, the same will be done unto you, and thy reward shall return upon thy own head. So if you have done good things, expect good things. If you have done bad things, expect a lot of bad things. Minus you in the name of Jesus. Minus me, minus you. All right? Now, as he's making this prophecy, he tells us what role the church is going to play. Hallelujah. Are you ready to see what the church is going to do? Verse 17 says, But upon Mount Zion there shall be deliverance. He says, so in the church, there will be deliverance. Anytime you see Zion in the Bible, it represents the church. Okay, so he says, but upon Mount Zion, there shall be deliverance. So as everything is being destroyed, the only place of safety will be the church. So he says, but upon Mount Zion, there shall be deliverance. Deliverance also means salvation. Redemption. People being saved from destruction. So deliverance and salvation shall only come from the church. And they sh- there shall be holiness. People will start to live a proper life. Holiness means separation unto God. Do you get it? So people will now be separated unto God. Amen. 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 Good. See, see? I'm here just for a short time, so. Okay, good. There shall be holiness, and the house of Jacob shall possess their possession. He says, the children of God will possess what belongs to them. That's why I believe that this year is a good year. Because what God has planned for us this year, we'll get it. Bible says, the vision is bad for an appointed time. Though it tarry, wait for it, for it shall not tarry. It means it will not delay. In your eyes, it looks like it's delaying, but in God's plan, it will not delay. It will come at the right time. It shall come to pass. Hallelujah. Good. So, it says, back to Obadiah. So, he says, there will be deliverance in Mount Zion. There will be holiness, and the people will possess their possession. But in verse 21, he tells us what the church has to do. What the church has to do. And that's the covenant we have come to make with God today says, and Savior shall come out on Mount Zion to judge the Mount of Esau and the kingdom shall be the Lord's. Amen. He says, Saviors will come from Zion. Out of Zion, Saviors of men will come up. People will come up who will be channels of salvation from the church. Amen. So God expects us a church as his coming is drawing nearer to become agents of salvation. Saviors of men. Hallelujah. Saviors of men. That's God's expectation for us as a church. As he's blessing us, as he's helping us, as he's taking us forward. What he expects of us is for to become saviors of men. Agents through whom salvation comes to people. Hallelujah. Pastor, I thought Jesus was the savior of man. 
you are right. In Matthew 1, 21, the Bible talks about Jesus. And the Bible says that Jesus Christ, he will save his people from their sin. Obadiah 1, 25, 1, 21. Matthew 1, 21. They are just brothers and sisters. Do you see? He says, and he shall... And he shall save his children, his people, from their sins. Talking about Jesus. And, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So Jesus is the savior of the world. And he came to save us from our sins. He paid a very important price. He died on the cross. He suffered. He was humiliated. He was beaten. He was disgraced. And he died in our place. So that we who live will henceforth not die, but we will live for him. Amen. That we will live our lives for Jesus Christ. How do we live to become agents through whom this salvation will get to many? You know, after all the things that Jesus did, you would think many people know about it, but many people don't know about it. Many people don't know about it. When you sit in church, you are deceived to think that, oh, you know, Jesus paid such a great price. Everybody knows. No. Look, even when you go to Israel, people don't believe. The Jews are still waiting for Jesus. They are waiting for the first coming of the Messiah. Because as far as they are, because just another man who came and died. I mean, have you not heard somebody shot at in Bali? We will forget it over time because it's not a strange, it's not a strange occurrence. Somebody has been killed here. Somebody has, no, it's not a, so Jesus also dying. In fact, in that, in that time, that's how they were killing people. That's how they were killing criminals. So it wasn't a new thing. It's not like Jesus was killed in a unique and special way that it was never done for it to be that, wow, this one is strange. No, 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 no. That's, that's why I come. They had three crosses to kill three people. I mean, they kill all of them. They all oh, carry your cross. Let's go and kill you. Do you get it? That's how they were killing people. So it, for some of them, it's just a normal event that happened. The difference between Jesus and, and, and the two thieves on the cross is that he died and he rose again. And he died for a cause. He died for a purpose. He died for our salvation to pay for our sins. Hallelujah. So if this is how Jesus, this is the price Jesus paid for our salvation, people must know so that they can be saved. Now, if people don't know, how can they be saved? Let's go to Romans chapter 10. How can they be saved? I've almost finished preaching. Those who are feeling sleepy already. (laughs) Romans chapter 10, let's read verse 13. It says, And anyone whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So it says, Anyone who calls on the name of Jesus gets salvation. How do you get saved? By calling on Jesus. How do you get saved? By calling on Jesus. How do you get saved? By calling on Jesus. That's why even, even, even taxi drivers and things, when they are driving, when people are going to have a crash, they all shout Jesus. With Jesus. Yeah. There was a Sangoma one day. And he was doing his Sangoma things for somebody. And then as he was doing it, they used some fire so as he was shaking the thing, you know, his, his leg mistakenly hit the pot with the fire. And the fire poured in the place. And then the fire was going. 
to the surprise of the guy who has come to consult him, the Sangoma shouted, Jesus! The guy was in church, oh, and he said he was going to consult a Sangoma. When the Sangoma shouted, Jesus said, hey, you also believe in Jesus? I'm going back to church. I'm going back to church because it's like the way it's going. <laughs> it's only Jesus can save. There was a song, only Jesus can save. Only Jesus can save. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. It's okay, it's okay. So I, I promise that I'll finish singing for now. It's a praise song. Help it, the Lord will teach us. Only Jesus can save. So it says, anyone who shall call on the name of Jesus shall be saved. But look at the interesting thing in verse 14. He says, how shall they call on him whom they've not yet believed? How do you call on people, somebody who you have not yet believed? You have to believe in the person. Before you can call the person. I mean, if you were in a fight and you needed help, you will call the person you know who's, who knows how to fight. Do you see? Hey, you will not just be calling anybody at all. The person, he has won about three fights. He beat somebody at Imbali. He beat somebody at Nordell. And then he beat somebody at Eastwood. So you know that, oh, he knows how to fight. He's a champion fighter. One day, I was in a fight. No, all my life, I've been in two fights. Okay, so I'll tell you the results. Then, now there was this boy who were in class. He was running his mouth. Then I also ran my mouth. Then he said, we will settle it after school. I was saying to myself that, what is there to settle? So, when, when school closed, I was helping the teacher, cleaning the blackboard, this boy was still waiting. Hey! So at a point I felt that look, I've done enough by now, he's gone. When I came out downstairs, there he was with the whole class waiting for me. Hey! I said, Today I'm going to heaven. <laughs> because I didn't have any track record. I've not beaten anybody before. No, before that, I'd won one fight. Yeah, I was a defending champion. <laughs> now, let me show you how I won that fight. Before, when we were getting, you know, there's a place, a, a time where you are deciding, should we fight, should we not fight? Uh-huh, so this one that I won, the guy was called David. I mean, it's like we were in between. So as we were talking, we were talking, he made a move. Do you see? When he made the move, reflex action, I just gave him one, pam. So when I gave him one, bam, then there was an older person walking. I said, stop that nonsense over there. Then the fight ended. Then, yeah, champion, champion, champion. Then I went with the title. So I had that title. So I'm sure that title was deceiving me. I'm very sure. I, I'll think about it, but I'm very sure that that title was lying to me. So this guy, he was called Immanuel Gogo. <laughs> Gogo, G-O-G-O. Gogo. Uh-huh. So, first one was with David. Yeah, then I don't know why David didn't win because David beat Goliath, but I don't know. 
Then Emmanuel came. So Emmanuel, he was waiting for me. So when I came downstairs, I saw the crowd and this guy, I knew that today it is finished. <laughs> so as we were getting ready, then some, my cousin was, he was about two years ahead of us. He came to pass and then he said, who is the one beating my cousin? Then he jumped down. Then he took over the fight. Look. The boy beat him, beat him, beat him. Then put him. And he was big. This my cousin was big. My cousin. He beat my cousin and then he put him on the floor. Then he opened his mouth. Then he took sand and he put it in his mouth. I mean, he was slapping. Do you want to fight? Do you still want to fight? Then he was, put, he was feeding him sand. I said, hey, this would have been my story. <laughs> I started to laugh at my cousin. <laughs> so when they finished the fight, my cousin started to chase me to beat me. <laughs> Up till today, I'm sure he's looking for me. Yeah, so I still kept my title intact. But if you are in a fight, you won't call me. Because I don't have a track record. You call people who have won fights. So he says, how would can they call? Except they believe in the person. But then he asks a very important question. How shall they believe in whom they have not heard? How can you believe in somebody that you have not heard of his abilities? How can you believe in Jesus when you have not heard that he died for your sins and he rose again? How can people believe when nobody has gone to tell them? This year, we want to make ourselves people who go to tell others about what Jesus has done and how he can save us. That's the agreement we want to make with Jesus. That look, as for this year, this is the year. Many people will hear what you have done through me, through my life. You have saved me. Through me, others will be saved. And they can only be saved if they call on you. And they can only call on you if they believe in you. And they can only believe in you if they have heard of you. If they have heard of you. And says, how shall they hear without a preacher? Without you, they cannot hear. Without you, they cannot hear. Hey, pastor, it's not true. People have heard about Jesus. When you talk to people about church, people have a lot of misconceptions about church. The first misconception they have about church is that we are all angels. They are angels in the church. I mean, it's only angels who go to church. Your presence in the church is enough reason to tell that, look, very few angels are in the church. I mean, you, no, forget about the pastor. You yourself, you know yourself. You know the way you are, that you are not an angel. So if you are in the, you said they are angels, the church is full of angels. It's not true. I am the evidence that it's not true. Me that I was in a fight. Of course, angels fight. Okay, don't, don't go wrong. When Satan caused a problem in heaven, it's angels that fought against him. Do you get it? And the Bible says, and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. But look at me. You can see that I'm no angel. So it means that church is not being pastored by an angel. And members are not angels. Minnie Knox is here. I mean, 
think she's the closest to an angel, and she, but yet she's not. Do you get it? They have a, a, another misconception. Well, as for church, they are just going to judge us. But you are in the church. You have not even finished sorting your own problems. How are you going to have time to judge somebody? Have you judged your neighbor? Hey, this one. Mm. No. Maybe you are thinking about yourself. We are all thinking about ourselves and we are praying God should have mercy on us. We don't have time to judge the next person. But when you are not in the church, that's how you feel. That's how all of us felt before we came to church. When I was first invited to church, it's like, look, my wife invited me. Uh, I don't want to go into that story. But eventually when I came, the first time I came to the church, one of the first things that got my attention was all my bad boyfriends were in the church. All of them, including my wife's brother. In fact, when I saw him in the church, I said, oh, then this church, I can come. I can come. I mean, this guy, if he's there, then I can come. Because he's just like me. Just like me. Went to the same high school. Everything is just like me. Same, same. Just like me. So when I saw him, I, my heart was beating cool, cool. When I, I said, oh. If they are going to catch a witch, I'm not the only one. They'll catch all of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even, even one day before I came to church, the, uh, when I was in high school, some university students came to hold a program in my school. And then in the program, I was the school prefect then, so I was forced to go. Then at the point, they started to lay hands on people, and people started to fall down. I've never seen something like, never seen something like that before. So I told myself, hey, they are catching the witches in the school. These are the witches, these are the demons, the, the wizards. Even the word I used was witches in the school. So I thought about it, I said, hey. They are going to catch me also. <laughs> it's not good. So I, where I was sitting, it was convenient. So I just got up and then I left. Yeah, and I had to make an address in the program. At the end of the program, I had to thank them for coming to our school. So I left. I went and when it was almost I came again, they had finished catching all the witches. <laughs> then I came. Then I came to make my speech. Then I came with my bodyguard. I made my speech and then I left. So those were the mistakes. So people who don't come to church, these are the things, the thoughts they have about church. These are the thoughts. So you will think they know about church and they know about Jesus, but they know the wrong things about church and the wrong things about Jesus. People even think that God is looking for them to punish them. Because of the mistakes they have made, they feel that God is looking for them to punish them. Amen. Rosemary and, uh, uh, and, and if you can put your phone away for just a second, okay. This is a sickness of the modern world. So uh, as much as you can, try. It's an effort you have. All, you'll, be so con- you'll be so consumed with your phone, you can't even put it down. So from time to time, make the effort. All right? Say amen. amen. And save yourself a future back problem and a neck problem. Okay. Good, back to what was I saying before this interruption. They feel that God is looking for people to punish them. But that's not the truth. All of you felt that God is looking for you to punish you until you came to church. Then you realize that God is actually looking for you to forgive you your mistakes, to help you out of your troubles. That's actually why God is looking for you. 
But when you have not come to church, you feel that, oh no, God is looking for me. And let, look, let me see, let's think about If God is looking for you, do you think he cannot find you? He knows what you did last night. How did he know? He was watching you. Do you see? So if he was looking for you there and then, he would have just arrested you there. And if America can find Osama Bin Laden, you mean God cannot, Osama Bin Laden, who was hiding, no? America can find him. Then God, to find you that you are not hiding, it's very easy for God. Do you get it? So it should let you know that God is not looking for you to punish you, but this is the mind that people who don't come to church have. Meanwhile, God is looking for all of us to save us, to love us, to build a relationship with us, to help us, and to deliver us from hell. He shall save his people from their sins. He shall save them from their sins. But unless we go out there to tell them, they will never know. They will have these ideas. They will have these misconceptions. They will have these beliefs. And they will just be there. They will just be there. And they will die. The sad part is that they will eventually die and go to hell with it. But God has said that in a time like this, out of the church, saviors of men will come forth. People who will help for the salvation of other people. And it's our responsibility as a church to rise up and go out there and reach out to people so that they can be saved. Mark chapter 16. I'm drawing to a close. Mark chapter 16. In Mark chapter 16, Jesus has died and he has risen from the dead and he's about to go to heaven. And he had a last preaching appointment, a last chance to speak to people, a last chance to preach somewhere. And verse 15, the Bible says that Jesus said unto his disciples, come, and he said unto them, go ye into the world. He said, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He said, go into the world and preach the gospel, the good news. The word gospel means good news to everybody. What is the good news? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. What is the good news? Jesus Christ came to die for our sins. What is the gospel? We were sinners and destined to go to hell and God sent his son Jesus to come and die for us. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this is what he was committing to his disciples and committing to us that go into the world. Don't sit in the church. Go into the world. Go into Mbali. Go into town. Go into North Dale. Go into Sweetwaters. Go into all the place and tell them this good news. What is the good news? That I died. I laid down all this dying and everything. I did it for them so that they will be saved. I said go into the world and Preach the gospel to everybody. Everybody deserves a chance to hear the gospel. Every single person deserves a chance to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. To hear that Jesus died for them. Jesus loves them. He died. He gave up his life for them. The Bible says God demonstrated how much he loved us. In that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus died for us. Verse 6, he says, and he that believes and is baptized, what will happen to the person who believes? He will be saved. He will be saved. But the one who doesn't believe, he will be condemned. Your part is to take the news to them. 
He said, this is it. Look at Matthew, Matthew 28. Let's see how Matthew also puts it. Matthew 28, 18, 19, 20. It says, Matthew 28, 18. It says, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, all power is given to me in heaven and in earth. Verse, verse. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe, to do whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end. He said, this is what I am I'm putting in your charge. Go and tell everybody about it. Go and tell everybody about it. I hope you've gotten some nice pictures of our lady pastors sitting in front with their, okay, thank you, thank you at all, thank you. Thank you very much at all. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice to be a lady pastor. You sit there and just make makeup. Don't become spiritual and see. <laughs> and just be frying eggs. Okay. Back to what I'm saying. This is what Jesus has put in our hands. And you see, we call this the great commission because I don't think it was a simple instruction Jesus was giving to the church. It was his last time. He was, he was, it, it was his last words. The last words of Jesus. Everybody's last words are important. Yeah, last words. One time there was a plane, Air France, a famous Air France that crashed. And they knew they were going to crash. And they were in the air for about one hour before they crashed. The pilot had told them, we've done everything we can. There's nothing we can do again. We can only crash. So prepare to meet your God. Do you get it? Now, when they all knew they were going to crash... Many of them started to write notes to give to their family members. Notes to send to their family members. Because they realized that, look, we can't say anything to them anymore. I mean, since my dad passed away, he has never spoken to me anymore. And my dad used to make very nice jokes. Jokes that you laugh at. Even in your sleep, you'll be laughing. Very nice man. Very nice to be around you. You talk, you laugh and you don't even know what to do. Yeah, you laugh, you forget yourself. I mean, you forget who you are. Yeah, I don't even hear him making a joke anymore. On his birthday, Christmas day, he'll play reggae music, a lot of Bob Marley music, kill a goat, who eat, he'll tell us a lot of stories, a lot of jokes. Now, when his birthday, it is his birthday, there's nobody to tell all these things. To. There's nobody to hear saying all these things anymore. Yeah. So, Jesus knew that these people were in the plane. They knew that their children are not going to hear from them anymore. Their friends are not going to hear from them anymore. So, they wrote notes. They wrote, now, how many of you think that those notes were about their cats, their dogs, their television? No, they wrote the most important things. If you knew you were dying, you will leave the most important instruction behind. That's why Jesus' words are important. These words are very, I mean, Jesus said a lot of things, but these words are very, very important because they were his last words. That's why as a church, we have to take it seriously to the point that we even make a covenant out of it. We make an agreement out of it. Take it seriously and make an agreement out of it. 
Why are last words important? Number one, last words are ominous. Ominous. Ominous, Omicron. You know all these guys. Ominous. Like an omen. You know what an omen is? It's like if you don't do it, something bad will happen. Yeah. That's why when people are dying, they say, I, when I die, I want you to bury me like this. People don't want to violate it. Because they feel like, look, violating it will be too spooky. We don't want this problem in our family. So let's do it. He said when you are burying me, turn me upside down. Let's just turn him upside down. We don't want any problem. We don't know why he wants to la-la call or with his face looking down. But let him la-la like that. La-la no call. Yes, la-la no call with your face down. Yeah. You know, even in the book of Acts, when they were killing the disciples, some of them said, look, they don't want to die. As they are dying, they don't want to be buried lying. So they want to be buried standing. Yeah, so that they are not the same like Jesus. No, they want to stand. They are not worthy. So, yeah, crucify, kill me upside down. You kill this one, no, no, ask for me, kill me upside down. So that this is what I want. And they did exactly that. Because people have the feeling that, look, if you don't do what they said you should do, it will be a problem. And many people put in their will what should be done when they die. Or even after they are died, they, they are dead, or after they've died. That's why people write to the last will and testament of Mr. O.J. Simpson. is to say, this is what I expect you to do when I die. I have a will. I've written a will. Yeah. Written a, you are not too young to write a will. Once you own something, even if it's your shoe, write a will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And stated what should happen when I, in the event of my passing. Yeah. Hey, Pastor, what is that? You never know. Yeah. My children once asked me, I think when I was making the will, they asked me, uh, like, what is, what, what is, like, a question towards that, what is in the will, or what, what, I told them, I've willed you to each other. <laughs> if I'm no more, your brother becomes your owner. You, you, you own each other. That's it. Yeah. Together forever. Yeah. You become responsible for each other. So people write a will. The last will and testament of this, that a man, he wrote a will. He said, he wrote this, should go to this, then and then he said, to this and to this, my daughter. Then she mentioned, she should be given nothing. Because she disrespected my wife. He wrote it. Yeah. So you'll be disrespecting your father's wife. <laughs> You think you are important until you realize that your father's wife is more important to him than you. <laughs> the bond is tighter. <laughs> you, you were given to him by force. <laughs> the wife, he chose that one. That was just a joke. That was just a joke. 
but I'm serious. <laughs> yeah. So that's why they read the will. They don't just get up. Some your uncle comes from somewhere. You say, oh, look, I've come. Your father was my brother. I've come. I'm going to decide what should be done. No, they take the will and they read it because we all believe that if we don't do what he has written or she has written, something, an omen, an omen is like a bad happening, a bad flavor, a bad spirit can come upon, upon us. A bad spirit can come upon us. That's why they, they, we call it an omen. For the church, this is the will and testament, the last will and testament of Jesus Christ, son of David, king of Israel. And his will is that as a church, the founder of the church, the one who made the church, do you see it? The founder of the church, Jesus Christ. Bible says, looking up unto Jesus, the beginner and end of your faith. The person who started your faith and brings your faith to an end. The faith means the Christian work. Not even that I believe for a miracle, but like the, what we are doing. The founder, the start and finisher of our faith. Jesus is the founder of the church. Jesus is the owner of the church. Jesus is the savior of the church. Jesus is the controller of the church. The church belongs to Jesus. And this is his last will and testament. This is, his, this is what he wants the church to do. He wants everybody in the church. He says, said, yes. Oh, pastor, how about my wedding? Your wedding, Jesus wants you to get married. I mean, think about it. And this one. Do you think Jesus wants you to go around and be sleeping with everybody? He wants you to marry and become a proper lady, proper wife, proper mother, proper person in society. So he wants you to marry. Hey, Pastor, how about my job? Jesus wants you to have a job. But because he doesn't want you to be a thief. The Bible says, he that works should not eat. If you don't work, you don't eat. So he doesn't want you to be a thief. So he wants you to have a job. Pastor, what about my car? Oh, Jesus wants you to have a car more than you want to have a car. He said, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and live in good health, even as your soul prospereth. So God wants us to do well in everything that we have to do. But more than that, he wants us to go out there and take the gospel, the good news of salvation to everybody. So you may come to church, we are saying, labor to be blessed and all these things. Yes, those things are all important, but he wants us to become saviors of men more than even this thing. This is just, it's like a side benefit. It's like when you go out to eat, there are some meals which are sides. And then there's the main meal. Yeah, there's the, the food itself. Then there are sides. You can't come and you start ordering sides. You start with the main meal, then you order a side to go with it. Amen. Yeah, you have come, you have asked for chili sauce. More chili sauce. More, give me more chili. You are just eating the chili sauce. Before your stomach will start running. Amen, Janita. Your stomach will start running. So the main thing is us going out there to save people, to become saviors, to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to them. Because it's the last way. If we don't do it, an evil will befall us as a church and as a people. Because then as a church, we have lost our relevance to the Lord. Bible says, what's the use of salt when it has lost its taste? What is the use of it when it has lost its taste? 
What is the use of salt? It says, you are the salt of this world. So then what is the use of salt when it has lost its taste? You put salt in the food, no taste. Did you see the video of a guy who was cooking and he, was, he tasted the food, he took a piece of uh, uh, the soup and then he tasted, he realized there's no salt, then he poured more salt, then he tasted this one, he tasted this one, then still no salt, then he poured more salt, then he tasted this one. The, same, the first one he took that he was tasting, he kept tasting it and he kept pouring salt into the food that was cooking. He said, hmm, I can't taste it. <laughs> Today my wife shared a joke with me that it's not about calling your son Solomon. If the child will be wise, he will be wise. <laughs> and it's a Nigerian joke. So he said, uh, he, he not be calling child Solomon. Peking go wise, he go wise. <laughs> but call your child Solomon, okay? <laughs> No, today my wife told me a lot of jokes. She told me that the customer is always right, but not in a police station. (laughs) You are always right everywhere, but in a police station, no. (laughs) That's the only place a customer is not. (laughs) What's the other one? One more, one more. (laughs) I won't tell them that you told me. You forgot it, okay, no problem. <laughs> At least I've given you two. <laughs> Picky go wise, you go wise. <laughs> yeah. Last will and testament of Jesus. If we don't do it, something bad will happen to us as a church. We will lose our importance. We will lose our relevance. Yeah, we will not do what we have to do anymore. What we are supposed to do anymore. So we will now become useless to Hallelujah. Second reason why we must take the last words of Jesus uh, serious because last words are important. Last words are important. Last words are important. When people know that this is my last, they say the important things. I mean, you when you are talking those days that we used to use air time to make a call, when you see that your air time is little, very small, when you call, you talk about what you want to talk about quickly. You just talk about it quickly. You, you don't waste time. Hey, how, how is your neighbor? How is it? Look, the air time is finishing. There used to be a certain lady. Do you remember that lady? She would say, you have one minute remaining. That lady, I don't know, maybe she has lost her job. Because nowadays she doesn't talk anymore. Is she still there? Yeah. She works for either MTN or Vodacom. Yeah, or Telcom. You have less than what? You have less than five runs remaining. That's the telecom person. Yeah. So when you are talking on the phone and you hear, you have one minute remaining. You stop talking about unnecessary things and you talk about the serious thing. Yeah. You, you stay with the serious thing because look, you can't take a chance because look, it is, the time is finishing. The time is finishing. So when you have a, when somebody, Jesus, because after Jesus spoke these words, he was carried into heaven. That was the last time he spoke to us face to face. So he won't joke. 
It's not now he's making, he's telling you jokes that his wife told him in the morning. Or, no, 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 no. He'll tell you the important things. That's why we have to take the words of Jesus, these last words of Jesus, seriously and say, as a church, we want to come and make a covenant with God that God, this year, 2022, is a year of seed time and harvest time. I want to seed time and harvest. I want to sow seeds of souls. Souls, people saved. People, this, this is the covenant I want to make with you. Of people, salvation coming to people. That's what I want to do. Now, is it just salvation? It's salvation and discipling people. Save him. He said, go ye into the nations and make disciples of your own. Who is a disciple? A disciple is somebody who follows you. A follower. And so, it's not just Jesus came to die for you, but establishing the people for them to follow you. Establishing the people for them to follow you. So, if you say you, have, I'm, you are my disciples, you have followed me here. This Sunday, you knew I'll be here. And you have come here. Do you, do you, that's, that's, that's salvation and discipling. You have come to hear me teach you. He said, and teaching them to observe, verse 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have taught you. Can you teach the person, you just met the person on the street, you, you led him to Christ, and then you teach him everything that you have been taught at that place. No, you have to be meeting the person regularly so that you can teach the person. That's how you make a disciple. So I am saying that we are not only going out there to bring salvation to people, but we are going to get them to follow us, to be followers, to follow Jesus Christ through us. So if you come to church on Sundays, they will come to church on Sundays. They will follow you to where you go. We are getting them to follow Jesus through us, through teaching them the things Jesus taught us. That's the covenant we want to make with God. This year, make a covenant. Jesus, five, I will make five, five disciples for you. I will make ten disciples for you. That's the covenant we are going to make. Five disciples for you. Ten disciples for you. Twenty disciples for you. Twenty followers for you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. How many of you are ready to make agreement with God that God, this year, through my life, through my activity, intentional by mistake, not accidental that you are wearing a dress, then your friend asks you, where are you going? So I'm going to church. So can I come? come? No, intentionally target the person and go to the person. Hello, how are you? What's your name? Eden. Lydia. Lydia, my name is Daniel. Nice to meet you. Lydia, do you know Jesus Christ? Oh, I don't know. Look, Jesus loves you. He died for you. We are all sinners. But he shed his blood so that you, Lydia, and me, Daniel, we will not go to hell if we believe in him. Do you want Jesus to be your Lord and Savior? Do you want to believe in Jesus? Wow, you want, let's pray this prayer. Then you pray with the person. Say, Lydia, you know, what you have done is, is a good decision. It's a great thing you have made. But it doesn't end there. You need to learn about Jesus. And I'm going to help you to learn about Jesus. I'm going to take you to church every Sunday to help you to learn about Jesus. Then we can see practically Lydia is in the church because she's born again. She's in the church because of your activities. That will never ask where is Lydia you don't know. Oh, which Lydia? Who is Lydia? You, can, can you show me a picture? What, what's her number? What, what is she wearing? What was she wearing? No. 
what we want to do. And this is the intentionally we go there, we deliberately. Many of you are friends who are going to hell. Who are not saved. You know them. You know them yourself. It's not like like pastor is oh pastor is accusing my friends that they are going to you know even sometimes when they do some of the things you know you say in your as for you you are going straight to hell you won't even go through judgment you are going straight to hell don't pass go don't collect 200 you are going straight to hell yeah we know them this year, instead of telling them they are going straight to hell, reach out to them so that they don't go to hell. God is depending on you so that they don't go to hell. They don't go. So this is the covenant we want to make as a church. That, Lord, this year, I'm going to be a savior of men. And I'm going to establish five people in your kingdom. Ten people in your kingdom. From, to, from now, from February to December, I'm going to establish Ten people in the church. Ten, one, zero, one, and then five. I'm going to three. I don't think I want to do one. Three, five, seven, ten, twenty. That's the covenant I want to make with you. And when I do this, let your blessing come to me. The Bible says, they that and many to righteousness, they shall shine like the stars in the firmament. When you turn people to Christ, I'll make you a shining star. God is changing somebody's life by this covenant to make him a shining star, a shining star, a shining star. Somebody who shines, somebody who's a star, somebody who's easily noticed. Yeah, it's like everybody notices you. They will not notice you for your makeup. They will notice you for the glory of God. That the glory of God is on you and you are shining. People cannot even explain why you are shining, why you are doing so well. They just realize, ah, you are just doing so well. I just like this person. People just like this person. Not because you have dressed nice. No, no, no. They just like you. Why? The glory of God will be on you. Bible says, arise and shine for thy light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. God's glory will come when you become a soul winner. When you become a, that's why people don't understand. Unbelievers get jealous why people like pastors. It's the glory of God. As they are using their life for others to be saved, the glory of the Lord comes upon them and people just seem to like them. Look at, if you look at Joel Austin, people just seem to like him. Why? He's using his life for people to be saved. So the glory of God is on him. Yeah, you can criticize us for all you like, but the glory of God that is, makes people like us. You too, people will like you because you are giving your life for Jesus to use and the glory of God. I pray as a church that we will make this covenant and God will give us the grace to keep it. So covenant forms are coming around with pens and I want us to make this covenant with the Lord. And we are going to pray over it. I want you to write. Those of you who don't know how to write, today we'll learn to write. Amen. The pastors are coming, the male pastors are coming around with the covenant forms. Get one. Get one for yourself and pens. Are we dashing the pens to them? Please try and return the pens so we can use it next time. Okay. On the form, do I have one? Yes, I think so. On the form, 
you write your name. Name and surname. And then you write your covenant. Lord, this year, I will be, I will be what? A channel through which people will be, through which people will be saved. And I will establish, then you put the number. Or help you get us a good English to put it so that we, we put it in. So it's not too long. The form is also not big. Yeah. Lord, this year I'll be a savior of men. And, allowed, and I will establish. Then you put a number there in the church. In the church or in the kingdom. All right, maybe if you can type it up for us. Lord, make me. No, not that it should make you say it depends on God. It depends on you. He has already made you. Lord, this year, I will be a savior of men. Savior with a small S, okay? The big S is Jesus Christ. I will be a savior of men. Everybody, make, if you are in the church, I'm the one preaching to you, make the covenant with God. I'm bringing you into your place of blessing. As a pastor, it's my duty to bring you into the place and into the state where you will be blessed. There's somebody over there, no form. Over there. Over there, Pastor Spiway has forms. Do you all have a form? Lou, Mia, do you, do you, does you, does you have a form? Does you? You does. Okay. If you have a form, wave it and let's all see that everybody has a form. Wave it. Don't fold it yet. You are too in a hurry to fold it. Wave it. Wave it. Wave it. Wave it. Wave it. Wave it. Don't take two forms. One form is okay. Don't make a form for a, a covenant for your sister or for your child. For They will make for themselves. Okay? Yeah. You got it? Good. Now, Savior with a small s. There's no small s. Autocorrect. Okay, so you figure something out. But even if media doesn't correct it, you write it with a small s. Okay, the computer is not allowing them. So, and, will, and I will establish that in the church. So, after the dots, in the church. In the church. Do, do, do you get it? Can it fit in what you are writing? Let it fit. Let it fit. It's fitting. It's fitting. It's fitting. It's fitting. Did you dance today? You didn't. Okay. Next Sunday. Powerful. Boom. You are who? Lizelle. Nice. Have you written it? 
Let me see. Let me see how, how, how if you have. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just copy what is on the. Web. No, don't write your name here. Write your name somewhere because this is where you are going to write the plane. Well, you have written it already, so continue, continue. You have signed. You have written nothing. You have signed. So what have you signed? Huh. Yes, it's working. So how many people will you establish in the church? Show me the number. And I will establish and write the number of people you want to establish in the church. Okay. Have they corrected it? It's coming. Champion. Okay. You understand what you have written, eh? Yeah. It's for you. It's going with you. It's not coming to me. Okay. Now, so... In the dot, 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 write the number of people. What's your name? Amath. Amathle. Okay, nice, nice, nice. Write the number of people you want to establish in the church. Five, ten, three, seven. Look, don't, don't try to impress anybody. Look, the general, the average church member. Look, if you are serious, you establish one person a month. So 10, I think 10 is a good number. 7, 3, 5. Do you get it? So let's say if you are doing 10, this is how yours will look like. Lord, this year I will be a savior of men and I will establish 10 people in the church. Do you get it? 10 people in the church. If you also service it will be Lord this year I will be a savior of men and I will establish seven people in the church. Is it working? It's in the church, not in town. You have established them some on internet, no, on Facebook, no, in the church. In the church. Uh-huh, something like that. Seven, I mean people. So before in the church, people. Yeah, I will establish then dot, 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 people in the church. So just before the in, put people. Do you guys get it? Should I come around? I'm, I'm coming, as somebody said, I'm coming. Come again. You got it? Five. Good. Can you see what you have written? You can see it. Your eyes are good. Wow. How are you? Hey. Concentrate. Open your thing. I can't see, but it's working. Onke, make it happen. Yeah. Hey, where's all your hair? Jonah. Nice, nice. Raheem Sterling. Yeah, I was asking of you during the week. It's powerful. Those of you over there, you look like you have not reached. I'm coming there. Big Joe, it be so. Yeah. 
you over here, you think I'm not coming, I've come. Open. The camera people, because so you have escaped. My dear, why? You are done. Okay, powerful. It's very nice. We are coming into a season of blessing. And we are going to do everything we have to do to enjoy the blessing. Hallelujah. So is everybody done? Hey. Sis Prudence, your area, because I couldn't come and supervise, they don't seem to be answering to me. Are you guys done? See? Yeah, it's powerful. Yeah. Don't copy your neighbor. So the answer is on the board. All you have to put in is your own number. And no number is wrong. Three, five, seven, ten. You are right. It's not an exam. Only zero is wrong. So it's not an exam that you will fail. You will pass. Once you write this, you all pass. This is the memo. All right? All right. So if you have all written it, we want to pray. We want to pray that, Lord, this is the agreement I have made. And I know that through this, as I do this, you will make me shine like a star. Help me to do it. Help me. Stand to your feet. Just pray for yourself. We are closing soon. Stand to your feet. Just pray for yourself. Lord, help me. Help me. Help me. I want to be a soul winner. I want to be a soul winner. Help me. Help me. Help me, Lord. 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 Help me, O God. Help me, O God. Help me, O God. To be a soul winner. To be a soul winner. Yes, Lord. To be a soul winner. To be a soul winner. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Pray, pray right now. Mando balakapanta lipampo lakempa kayelomasa. Lord, help everybody under the sound of my voice. Make us soul winners. Make us soul winners. Saviors of men. Your word declares that out of Zion shall proceed saviors of men. Make us saviors, saviors of men, O God, in the name of Jesus. Help me, Lord. In the name of Jesus. 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 Lift your hands. Let us pray. Father, thank you for every hand that is lifted. We lift it, asking for your help. That as we make this agreement to you and with you, that this year you will use us as saviors, channels through whom your gospel will reach many people. Help us in this quest to establish three people, five people, seven people, ten people in the, in the kingdom and in the church in the name of Jesus. Let this year be our most fruitful year ever as Christians. We may be new Christians but if you can use anything you can use us. We may be old Christians but if you can use anything you can use us. So use us to your glory and your glory alone in the name of Jesus. We give you praise and glory in Jesus mighty name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Why don't you say a better amen? Amen. A soul witness amen. Amen. Wonderful. Sit down for a second. I'm still preaching. Now, what I need you to do we are not collecting the forms from you. They are yours. Okay? When we were younger, when we made the covenant, we used to use Bibles. So we put it in our Bible. So anytime you are reading your Bible, you will see it. Then it reminds you. Okay? 
now the world has changed. We don't use Bibles anymore. We use electronic Bibles. Hey, went to the church. The pastor said, doesn't use the Bible anymore. No, we use electronic digital Bibles. Okay. So, what, what I want you to do is that I want you to take a picture of your form. We are still leaving you with the form. But take out your phone and take a picture of your form so that you keep it on your phone. Do you get it? And we'll be reminding ourselves of it from time to time. All right. I think we'll collect the forms. Once you take a picture of it, then, or keep it, keep it. Because the covenant's an agreement between you and God. But take a picture of it. Okay. If you don't have a phone, that's another story. But believe God. Save their souls. God will give you a phone. This year, people will have phones and they will even give some away. Mobicell. You will change from Mobicell to Samsung. You will change from Samsung to Huawei. You change from Huawei. You change from Huawei to Huawei. To the latest Huawei. Yeah. Just stay there, okay? Yeah. No, just stay there. I mean, you change from Huawei to Huawei. Yeah. It's easier to maintain a Huawei. Let iPhone users stay at their level. Yeah, don't come in. You use a better phone this year. Yeah, better phone. So take a picture and save it. And from time to don't delete it. Don't say, I need space. Somebody has sent a joke from Zimbabwe. It's a Zim joke. I need space to read a Zim joke. Then you delete the cover. You delete the contract of your blessing for a joke. Why? Okay. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. So that's our covenant. Okay. And we are going to keep it. I pray that God gives us the grace that you can stand here in September and say, Bishop, I've come to, I want to see you. Say, what, what I, I want to come and meet you with my souls. My souls. My soul. That I'll be checking statuses and I'll see your status. Then you have written me and my souls. Yeah, they are a savior of men. I think that should be that should be your status today. I am a savior of men. I am a savior of men. Yeah, I'm a savior. Don't do it now after church. Do you get it? Nana, I saw Nana somewhere. Where is she? Oh, nice, nice, nice. Savior of men. Savior. You write your name, Pastor Prisel, a savior of men. Pastor Tyler, a savior of men. Nana, a savior of men. Rahim, a savior of men. Hallelujah. And God will bless us. 
Amen. Now, the next thing is we want to receive our covenant seed. Covenant seed. We gave all of you special. Um, I'm still preaching, okay? Because I'm now going to do an altar call for salvation. Do you get it? But I'm, taking, I'm doing the covenants, then I'll do an altar call, then I'm done. Okay? So you came with your envelope, with your, we gave you special envelope, covenant Sunday, seed time and harvest envelopes. You want to sow a special seed. You have your envelope ready. Come to, if you need an envelope, give, give an envelope, please give an envelope. They are envelope. You don't, you, you, your offering is here, but you don't have an envelope. Just give a wife and an envelope will come to you. All right. So if you have your offering your envelope here, come to the front. I want to pray with you. Come with your envelope. Don't come empty-handed. Come with your envelope. If, if you are giving it electronically also, come let us pray. Special offering. So they said, Lord, I'm sowing a special covenant seed. I'm making an agreement with you that this year I will sow seeds and I will reap harvests. I will sow seeds and I will reap harvests. Harvests. Let this year be my year. With this seed, I show you my commitment to this covenant, to this agreement of yours, that while the earth remains, seed time and harvest will not cease. I show my commit, my faith in it and my commitment. Let your blessing that makes rich and adds no sorrow be my portion in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If you are in that group, just come. We, we are happy when you give your offerings electronically, okay? The envelopes are just symbolic you know that something exchanges hands when you give it straight into the church's account it's even no calculation we don't need to now write it's already done all right okay are we done or i should start let us pray father thank you for everybody who's keen their end of the bargain and sowing a, a special seed in this season as a covenant, as an agreement that our financial success and prosperity depends on you. And we are activating it by giving a special seed. That there be a seed that will generate a harvest. Let everybody hears seed generate bountiful harvest, big harvests, great harvest, hundredfold. 30 fold, 60 fold. Let, it, let the seed sown be multiplied unto them many times over in the month of February, in the month of March, in the month of April, in the month of May, the month of June, in the month of July, in the month of August, in the month of September, in the month of October, in the month of November, and in the month of December. Let it manifest itself double. In the name of Jesus, even in the years to come, let the seed continue to bear fruit and yield a harvest 
Lord, in the name of Jesus. Stretch the lifetime of this seed, Lord. Let it expand beyond, extend beyond 2022, Lord, into 2023, 2024, 2025, 2026, 2027, 2028, 2029, 2030, Lord. Let us still be eating from the seed that we are sowing, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Let it bring forth a harvest that will continually yield, continually yield, continually yield, oh God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for this blessed opportunity that we can sow in the name of Jesus. Amen. Why don't you put your seed in the basket? God bless you. 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 God is going to show up. Yeah, he's going to show up rapidly and he's going to show off. When he shows up, he will show off. When he shows up, he will show off. It'll, the blessing will be loud. It will be big. It will be grand. It will be great. Your friends will hear of it. Your neighbors will hear of it. Your family members will hear of it. Even your enemies will hear of it. That indeed the Lord has blessed you. The Bible says when God turned the captivity of Zion around, we were like they that dream. God will come like a dream. It will happen to you like you are in a dream. Then said they that are in, there was our mouth filled with laughter and our hearts with singing. Then said they that are in the heathen, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us wherewith we rejoice. Turn again, O Lord, our captivity. Yes, God is turning around captivities. Financial, through the seed, financial captivities are being broken and being turned around. Yeah, I believe it. It's happening. There's somebody here, you are in debt. Through the seed, God is going to take you out of debt. Yeah, God is going to take you out of debt. See, you are in serious debt. No matter what you do, you keep sinking. God is taking you out of it. He prayed when he said he turned, he said, turn again our captivity, Lord. It's after that, verse 4, that he says, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Yeah, and they that go forth sowing precious seed, go forth and weep it, bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing their sheaves with them. So I pray this offering is a supernatural offering. Do you know how come this offering came about? I was preaching here and the grace of God came upon me and I gave a prophecy and I said, we should also a special city. Those of you are here, you remember. And I said, let's this month do it. Do, you should do it. Then I said, do not in the year, do it this month. Then I think they said, I said, let's rather all do it on Covenant Sunday. Yeah, that's how it came about. Hallelujah. So it will happen to you. Amen. We will be, how many of us will become soul winners? Saviors of men. Saviors of men. When they say, when they say Lighthouse Chapel International, the response should be saviors of men. When somebody asks, what do you guys do in your church? Say, we are saviors of men. Yeah. Why do you go to church so many times? We are saviors of men. Or I am a savior of man. Of men. Yeah. 
You seem to like your church so much because we are saviors of men. Yeah. You are looking so nice because I'm a savior of men. Anything. That it becomes your whole mind. Saviors of men. Save. That will be our story. In the name of Jesus. Stand to your feet. Let us pray and let us close. You are here this morning. Maybe somebody invited you to church, but in your heart, you know you are not born again if you were to die today. As we are talking about saviors of men, you are the one who needs salvation first. You can't save anybody when you are not saved. Today, I want to give you an opportunity. You want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want Jesus to come into my heart. I want to be a savior. I want to be saved by the Savior. Then I can save other people. You are here like that. Every eye closed, every head bow. Pastor, please pray with me. Let me ask Jesus to come into my heart. Like lift up your right hand. I'll pray with you. Pastor, please pray with me. I want Jesus to come into my heart. Lift your hand. If you are lifting your hand, lift it high above your head. High above your head. Pastor, please pray with me. Pray with me. Pray with me. I want Jesus to come into my heart. Lift your right hand. If you lifted up your hand, come to me in the front. I'll pray with you. As you can see, my hand calling you. I'm calling you. Come to Jesus. Come. Don't be shy. Come, come. Amatlek to me. Amatlek. You lifted up your hand. Come. to Jesus. Don't be shy. Jesus, he will save his people from their sins. So, by this step, God is forgiving you of your sins and washing you with his blood. Then the next thing that is going to happen is that he's going to receive you to become his child. So, by this prayer, you're going to become a child of God. You're going to become a child of God. And then the third thing is that if you are to die, you won't go to hell. You are escaping hell. God has a special book called the book of life. He writes his children's name in the book so that when they die, they don't go to hell. They come to him. 
Alright? So pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you just as I am. I accept that I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of all my sins. I believe that you died for me and you rose again. I confess that Jesus is the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying to save me. Amen. Father, thank you for these ones. Thank you for your blood that has washed them clean. And thank you that you've written their names in the book of life. From today, be the Lord and Savior of their lives. Receive them when they come to you. When they call, answer them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Seal them with the Holy Spirit and with your blood. In Jesus' name, amen. Wonderful. Thank you for joining us. We believe you have been blessed by this life-transforming message by Bishop Daniel Harley. For more information, contact us at 204 Peter Kirchhoff Street, Peter Maritzburg, or call 083-773-1605. God richly bless you.